Welcome back to the Florida Travel Fanatics podcast. I'm Clark. I'm Heather. And this is episode 37, How to Eat Well on Your Next Florida Trip. We'll talk about everything from eating on a budget and how to shop for groceries, including alcohol, how to find good local restaurants, including our favorites, Florida foods that we recommend trying, all the way up to Florida's Michelin Guide to the best restaurants in the state. But first, in this episode's Florida Travel News, discount Canadian airline Lynx Air recently announced new flights to Tampa and Fort Myers. There are direct flights now to Tampa from Montreal or Toronto to Fort Myers from Toronto, and there were already existing flights to Orlando from Calgary, Montreal, Toronto, and Vancouver. This also means that those of us who live in Florida, 20% of you that are listening, can get to Canadian cities just as easily. For years, we've wanted to make a trip to Montreal for a long weekend, and this will make it easy for us to take that trip ourselves. And the round trips are only about $200, which is a great value. The Miami airport has the shortest TSA security lines of any of the larger airports in Florida and the sixth shortest average wait time in the U.S., according to data from Planet Wear, an online travel guide. They said the average wait at the Miami airport is just 10.4 minutes through TSA. Just because it's the biggest airport in Florida doesn't mean it has to have long security lines. That airport was known for customs delays and not being that well run, and looks like they've gotten it pretty well put together now, so it's a lot to like about it. It's a nice airport. It's a nice airport, yeah, Miami airport. Uh, There's a great rocket launch coming up. There's a Falcon Heavy launch at Kennedy Space Center this Sunday, December 10th. There are two launches every month. Launches aren't big news, but this is a big, big rocket. The Falcon Heavy is the largest one that SpaceX flies, and they're flying it on a Sunday, which is a weekend, obviously. They have not announced the time yet, but that's a great opportunity for those of you that are in the state or coming to the state to see a heavy launch. When you go look at the launch details, they'll want you to buy tickets at the Space Center. You don't need to do that. You'll be able to see this rocket for 20 miles around there, anywhere in Titusville. We like the base of the Max Brewer Bridge. That's our favorite spot to watch. And speaking of Kennedy Space Center, they're having a new after-hours event in February called Kennedy Under the Stars. We have to read their website because it's really well-written. The website says, join us on the evening of February 2nd, 2024 to gain exclusive after-hours access to your favorite attractions, but with a dazzling twist. The colors of the cosmos come to life with glow-in-the-dark elements like a DJ-led techno party, cosmic glow miniature golf, bar and lounge areas illuminated with an array of colors, and eye-popping chalk art crafted by local artists. Plus, where on earth can you spend your Friday night with those who have traveled beyond our atmosphere? Veteran NASA astronauts Chris Ferguson and Nicole Stott will mingle with the guests throughout the evening. Normally... Kennedy Space Center closes at 4, 4, 4 p.m., so this is a really nice really nice thing. The main visitor's complex key attractions will remain open with lower wait times, so you'll have more time to venture to the other worlds in Spaceport Kennedy Space Center. Get up close with the actual flight-flown artifacts like Space Shuttle Atlantis and SpaceX Falcon 9 booster. You can feel the rumble aboard the shuttle's, shuttle launch experience. We've done this. This is That's really, really incredible. fun. You feel the rumble, you tilt you back backwards. in your seat, you feel the pressure on your chest of the... Mm. And, and they go through a lot of the science, too. Like, I didn't know what Max-Q was. Max-Q is a launch thing, and they explain all that. It's it's like a roll... It doesn't move, but you think you're, you're being launched on, on a shuttle. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, you do. You feel that pressure. You hear the noise. Not not as much as you would, obviously, if you were in a real space shuttle. But, but it it's, 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 gets your attention. Gets your attention really well. 
Select main visitor complex restaurants and retail stores will also be open during the specialty ticketed event for an additional charge. Enjoy signature cocktails at a different bar as well as fun menu items. So the tickets for all of this for all ages are $65. Not bad considering admission. That's admission as part of it too. So that's a pretty good deal. I think admission is usually 40. Mm -hmm. So that's fun. And in this episode's Florida travel tips, St. Augustine's holiday night of lights is underway with over 3 million light bulbs decorating the entire downtown area of St. Augustine. There's free parking and shuttle, and we'll put that link link to that info in the episode notes. The trolley service, they charge a premium during this season where the normal $40 ticket can turn into a $70 or $80 ticket per person. And given how nice the weather is this time of year, we'd recommend walking instead. Save the money for a nice dinner somewhere. The city website has some suggestions on places to eat and drink where you can get a great view of the lights. And if you just want to have a slice of pizza, our favorite place in St. Augustine is called Pizza Time. It's the best. The slices are about $10. They're like as big as your head. They're huge. Um, We went and bought three pieces thinking we, the two of us could eat that together. And it was really too much pizza, but oh my goodness, it's um, a great pizza place, but it is cash only. Yeah. And the people there, I think the owner only speaks Italian. It's got that very New York pizza place. We ate there and said, this is some of the best pizza we ever had. And then later we found out that place had has been ranked as the number two pizza place in the United States. The pizza there is exceptional. Uh, yeah. And the um, we recommend the trolley normally. In our, our, our St. Augustine episode, we talked about that just as far as getting around. But for $80, 70 or $80 at night when the weather's nice, we would just walk it uh, and just look at the lights. We were there it. on a really hot day and it was our first time seeing St. Augustine. So we really wanted wanted to get a real overview and the trolley is wonderful for that but not at at that price at it that seems price. high to us mm-hmm. so if you, you know, if you want that quick get around that's great but we would want especially when the weather is nice in the evening nice and cool to walk around and see the lights in person we think would be would be a better way to go Tampa's annual Gasparilla Pirate Festival starts on January 20th and goes all the way through March it's basically Tampa's Pirate Mardi Gras. It starts with the Kids Parade on Saturday, January 20th. And Saturday the 27th is the main parade uh, down Bayshore Avenue and the downtown pirate ship invasion. Uh, they have a mock pirate ship that comes in and takes over the city. Uh, the history of Gasparilla is there was a pirate supposedly named Jose Gaspar, who was a marauder back in the days of the, the Buccaneers. Supposedly, he met his demise when he ac- accidentally attacked a Navy ship, which is generally a pretty bad idea um, if you're a pirate. So Jose Gaspar is, is what where Gasparilla came from. Uh, two weeks later from the main parade on the 27th is the night parade, K-N-I-G-H-T, in Ybor City, which we prefer because it's at night. It's at night. It's cooler. It's not as long. It's easier to park. It can also hang out in front of your favorite bar. Restaurant or cigar shop. One of my favorites down there is Tabanero. And they generally, they usually sell tickets for 20 bucks and you can go in and out. And uh, there's, you know, it's a fun, fun place to hang out. It's about two hours down there. And the parade at night, it's hard to imagine. It's hard to explain how much fun it is to see a parade of pirates, but it's just one of those things you have to see it for yourself. The main parade on the 27th is actually the third largest parade in the United States every year. People take this really seriously, kind of like a Renaissance festival. People dress up in some incredible pirate costumes. Uh, they get very creative and a little body at times, which kind of adds an adult element to it. There is a store in Tampa called PirateFashions.com where the, all they sell are pirate costumes. They've got some really high quality things. We'll put that link in the episode notes. And you can. And we'll, there's a couple links as well we'll throw in on a YouTube video um, on Gas Brawl. You just have to look at the pictures in the video to get a feeling for what it's about. It's a, it's a ton of fun. 
The Gasparilla events continue for two months and include a 10K run, the Gasparilla Bowl college football game, a music festival, and an art festival. The South Beach Wine and Food Festival is coming up. This is a big event every year in Miami Beach, and this year it's February 22nd through the 25th on in 2024. It's a great time of year to enjoy the weather, the beach, the food, and the wine. Celebrity chefs include Jeffrey Zakarian, Robert Irvine, who actually lives in Tampa, Tyler Florence, Bobby Flay, and Guy Fieri. There's a very wide variety of events, including master classes, tasting events, late night parties, brunches, lunches, to name a few. While most of the events are fairly expensive, they start around $200. There is a short list of events that are under $100. So you book now if it's anything that you are interested in doing because some of the activities have already sold out. Clark's favorite would probably be a cigar and bourbon event hosted by Guy Fieri at that it's $175. It's on a rooftop of the Kempton Anglers Hotel South Beach. I think my favorite would just be the whole thing. Yeah, I, I think to have cigars and bourbon with Guy, Guy Fieri, not, not Fieri, right, Heather? Fieri, that's how he says it. His son is Fieri. there, too. His son apparently is in the business, too. Yeah. That would be worth $175 to have bourbon and cigars Absolutely. with Guy Fieri and his son. Moving on to our main topic in this episode, let's talk about how to eat well on your next Florida trip. This is my this is my area. I love this. I've been cooking for a really long time. I've loved cooking since I was a child and used to make my dad jello and he would critique it. And then I moved on to, you know, yeast bread and, and all of those different things. I did go to the Cordon Bleu in London and now I'm a private chef here in, in the Tampa area. Every day for me is about food. And when we go on vacation, it's the same thing. It's the thing that I want to explore new restaurants. I want to explore the history behind the different foods. And this, so this is a really fun episode for us to do, especially me, giving you some tips and things about what we like to do when we travel. One of the best tips that I can think of is that we strongly recommend getting a hotel that has a kitchen or getting an Airbnb or a Verbo vacation rental. Having a kitchen with a fridge is a huge benefit, even if even more if it has a microwave or possibly a stove or an oven. It's a great way to have a quick, quick breakfast or snack before or after dinner. Some extended hotels like Marriott Residence Inn, Hilton Home, to extended stay America, even have outdoor grills. So you can cook a steak or some grouper or snapper that you bought at a local seafood restaurant and just really, really enjoy your city that you're in and the really the foods that they have to offer. If you're looking to shop at a grocery store, one of the best ones that we recommend here in the South is Publix. They have, that's Publix, P-U-B-L-I-X with an X. Um, I would download the app if you're coming here on vacation. They have great customer service. They're not always the lowest price, but their weekly buy one, get one free offers, the BOGOs, are great. The BOGOs also include beer and wine. We've recently got a BOGO on Scheinerbach beer and on cider and like filled our fridge because we had, you know, 12 of each. What was the cider? Um, It was... um, It's your favorite. Angry Orchard. Angry Orchard, yeah. So it wasn't like a knockoff. It was great. great. They have a great deli, a great place to get sandwiches or other lunch foods early in the day for a beach day. We typically get a... We get... Typically get sandwich fixing, charcuterie, water, beer, wine, potato chips. I mean, fruit. well, anything. It, they have cut up fruit. It's a really great grocery store. Like we said, a little bit expensive, but you are paying for some convenience in some of those items. The second grocery store that I just love is Aldi. You can find them. They're popping up everywhere. I think it's a competition thing. They're really yeah, with, trying to get Lytle, there. Before Lytle gets, right. which has already started in the Mid-Atlantic. Yeah. I've not found... 
one thing that I didn't like at Aldi. They have snacks, cheeses. You can buy wine there. I mean, what more do you want? Cheese and wine. Cheese and wine. Yeah, they've got like you did a charcuterie for a client with on with their cheeses and meats. Yeah, and some of their house wines are like three fifty a bottle. So like a night, the hair Shiraz is nice. Um, the Chardonnay is milder than it's not too oaky. We call it a weeknight wine. Yeah, weeknight wine. It's not weekend wine. You don't serve it to guests, but you have it with your own dinner. Yeah, very it's very of, European. It's sort of week is, you know, weeknight, you Weekly, know. Week wine for weeknights. <laughs> yeah. Some of the other options are sprouts, which is um, they have a lot of bulk snacks. So nuts and candies and things that you can buy by the pound. Don't forget Trader Joe's, uh, Super Target, even Walmart. You can get everything at these stores. So if you if you are the type of person that likes a smaller store, try a Trader Joe's or an Aldi or a Sprouts. If you don't mind going into the big stores, Target or Walmart will really have everything that you need. If you hate to shop, you can consider Kroger Delivery. There's no stores, but deli- they deliver mostly across the state. So if you have the address of your Airbnb, you can get a delivery and have one person staying up at the house and the rest of the family can go to the beach. Right. So it's kind of fun. Yeah. Some people like to grocery shop like you do for I me, for me, it's, for me, it's for me, it's a chore for me. If I'm an hour in a grocery store, that was an hour. I could have been in the pool or in the beach or whatever. Um, and if you, for, for Kroger delivery, there are no Kroger stores in Florida, but they've, they've built out a pretty good delivery network throughout most of the state. Some people think they're waiting for the demise of Winn-Dixie before they come in and start building stores and competing with Publix, but they haven't said, so it's kind of interesting. A lot of Midwesterners here are like, we want Kroger. But you know, we think we see the little trucks driving around, and uh, yeah, and if you're a first time customer, you can save $15 on each of your first three deliveries. So you get a delivery, set up the app, and get it all delivered to you at your your Airbnb or or hotel. If you happen to be there a week, you may end up having more than one delivery. In Florida, you can purchase beer or wine pretty much everywhere. Grocery stores, drug stores, Walmart, Target, etc. Uh, the li- liquor laws don't let them sell liquor. You have to go to a liquor store. But it's pretty common for a Walmart, Target, even Publix to have a separate building with a separate entrance. That's part of their main building. It's a liquor law thing. So you can still find liquor sometimes at the discount places. And one thing to remember, you can buy liquor or wine in the grocery stores or liquor next door, but there's a, on Sundays, they don't start selling until 11, 11 a.m. Usually. A.m. Maybe it might be 11 countywide or state, but generally it's about 11. It varies from, from county to county, but it's don't go in at 9 a.m. and want to buy a bottle of wine. Or you're going your to the beach shopping. on set on Sunday and you want to go nine or 10 o'clock to get and get some beer. You're not going to be able to get it. We, we found that out. We first moved here. We're like, well, we can't day drink before going to church. Come on. What kind of place <laughs> is this? We got to, we got to kick out of, out of that. Uh, total wine is, um, has stores all over the country and stores all over Florida. Definitely has the best selection and usually the best prices. Uh, so yeah, and there, you can use the Total Wine app to look and see what's nearby and see what's in, what's in stock. Here's a tip. When you're looking for hotels, get one with a free breakfast. Business travelers are familiar with this. For a family, it can save you a ton of money and it's quick. So what do you think about $25 a day is what most people estimate for breakfast for a family of four? Oh, I think for... Two people when we've gone out to breakfast and haven't been able to take advantage of a twenty five dollars twenty five dollars for yeah. two. So I mean, if you're talking about children and additional people that are coming with you, you know, your orange juice is included, your 
Yeah, and there's a, a lot to choose meal. from. You get waffles. You can make waffles. You got eggs. We stay at Marriott's uh, a fair bit when Heather's travel with me for business. And they, they up, up to the pandemic, they had bacon every Thursday. Every Thursday. So we call it bacon. We started calling it bacon Thursday. We're going to get bacon today. So that's always fun. But not every hotel has it. Um, for example, the, the, the extended stay hotels are best, like the Marriott Residence Inn, Hilton's Homewood Suites, or Hyatt House, or Hyatt Place. But for example, like a Marriott Courtyard is really a business hotel. They don't have a free breakfast. You have to pay for it. Um, sometimes you can get a bundle. If you're not sure, check or call the hotel. Uh, there's a great article on the website, Nerd Wallet, that I'll put a link in that explains some of the different brands and what they do or don't have. One thing you want to look for, too, some of the lesser expensive hotels, maybe the Holiday Inns, they'll have breakfast, but it'll be continental. It'll all be cold, nothing hot. So make sure if you want a hot, like we're always looking for eggs, personally, protein and less carbohydrate. So make sure, and that article, Nerd Wallet, describes it pretty well. But if you're going to go stay somewhere and you want a hot breakfast, make sure you stay in a place that has that. Well, because we basically save our budget for eating out at night. I mean, breakfast, you can have a good breakfast, but breakfast is kind of just breakfast. And I'm pretty happy with a... Some fruit, yogurt, and some eggs. Exactly. Yeah, and then, I mean, I can be happy with a, a, you know, a Jimmy John sandwich on the beach or something like that. But I really want to do a good, good, good dinner. So always ask the hotel front desk for suggestions or ask the locals. We've been at breakfast places or lunch places and we've said, hey, what's a really good place for seafood? Or where would you recommend going for the best steak? Any of those things Ask the locals. They're gonna. They're. They want to support their own industry and their own people. And they know what's around. And they them. know what's around. Yeah. They know what's good. And you'll get. You'll get the best. The best meal that you that you're looking for. Google's kind of a free for all. I mean, for online reviews, Yelp is definitely the best since they closely monitor the accuracy of the reviews and the reviewers. So if you're looking for a review, you can't get it from a local. Look on Yelp you can get a really, really good variation of what people thought of the restaurants. And we found some great restaurants, some that we wouldn't necessarily have tried just by driving by. You know, we've pulled up Yelp, we've looked at it, we're like, wow, this looks really good. We're going to we're gonna give it a try. Avoid the chain restaurants and look for local restaurants, especially in beach towns like Clearwater, Miami Beach, Cocoa Beach, and Fernandina Beach. Yeah, the online reviews can be a little critical. This probably happens everywhere because we've gone to restaurants and had a great meal and you look online, there's people like, oh, worst food ever. I'm like, was this the same restaurant that they... they Sometimes it's not. Sometimes people get confused. Another tip is Florida is a big beef state and there are a lot of good barbecue places. There's no specific Florida barbecue style like you'd find in Kansas City or Memphis, the Carolinas or Texas, but there is a wide variety of tasty barbecue in Florida. We recommend Four Rivers Barbecue. There are 15 locations all over, well, mostly central Florida, and the founding family is from Orlando. Another standout in Tampa is Station House Barbecue, and that's one of our favorites. Yeah, I think their Google rating is like 4.9 at Station House, which is extremely high for a Google review. That just goes to show how good their barbecue is. I drove by there today. I could smell the smoke. Florida-specific foods include Gator Tail, Grouper, Snapper, and Stone Crab Claws. Find a restaurant that has their own sources of local fish. One of our favorites in the Tampa Bay area is called Rusty Bellies in Tarpon Springs near the Sponge Docks. They also have their own seafood market next door where we once got grouper cheeks. It's really nice to be able to sit in the restaurant and see the boat where where your seafood came in that yeah, it's day. it's like next to you. It's like a daily catch. Yeah, eat local fish whenever possible. 
Gator tail is really fun to try too. It's actually farmed. So yeah, nobody goes out in the wild and slaughters them. Yeah, exactly. Grouper sandwiches are good, but we usually prefer grouper nuggets, especially the grouper cheek. You can get ceviche, which is fresh seafood that is, instead of being cooked with heat, it's actually cooked with the acid from lime or lemon, and it's kind of marinated in it, and that just kind of firms up the fish. Usually there's jalapenos or pineapple or some really good flavorings in that, and that's one that um, we really like, especially when we go to... Where is it? The Palm Pavilion in yeah, Clearwater. Yeah, they have good ceviche. They have really good ceviche. Actually, um, Frenchie's ceviche is pretty good, too. It I is. Thought. It is. We don't go to Frenchie's that much, but their food is good. Some people who don't like raw seafood or raw sushi will, will think, oh, I'm not going to eat the ceviche because it's raw. But it, it, how does it work? It's the, the, the citrus juices chemically cooked? They chemically cook. So it's cooked. It's just not cooked on a stove. Right. Well, there's a really funny story about um, a restaurant. It's a Peruvian restaurant in... Bar Harbor? Bay Harbor Bay Islands. Bay Harbor Islands. Mm-hmm. And the Lemus, actually. Yeah. And the owner's wife did not like ceviche because she didn't like it. She didn't like raw seafood. So they put the ceviche on the grill for like, for like five seconds, five seconds, this yeah. really hot grill. So it left a few little grill marks. So they sell something called grilled ceviche, which is kind of an oxymoron because it can't be. But it stayed on the menu because the owner's wife loved it, and people liked it. People liked it. Yeah, see, so. grilled ceviche—that's that's like saying I cook, you're having cooked raw sushi. It's like wait a exactly. minute, which one you is can't it? do both. But yeah, anyway, that was, that was a fun, story. fun place. You can get Gulf shrimp, uh, Gulf oysters, and Apalachicola, cooked or raw. Station Raw Bar, bar and Floribama, all of those places have great oysters. That's all on the Panhandle. You got to yeah, look for a good Cuban sandwiches. A, a Tampa Cuban includes salami, where a Miami Cuban does not. Yeah, a lot of people think that the Cuban sandwich came from Miami, but it actually started in Tampa because of all the cigar people that were rolling cigars. It was kind of a plowman's lunch, uh, but you know you're getting a real. Most people don't know in Tampa don't know that a real Tampa Cuban has salami and, and Miami it doesn't. What's on a Cuban again? It's pork. It's yellow mustard, like ballpark mustard, yellow mustard, pickles, Swiss, roasted pork, sliced ham. And then the bun is kind of a certain way. It's not just bread. There's a specific role. Going way back to our um, comment about Publix, their deli sells a really, a really good Cuban. So, you know, you can try yours for the first time on the beach. Don't forget key lime pie, conch fritters, uh, conch fritters in Florida, but especially in Key West. To save money, look for happy hours, especially on weeknights. In Miami Beach, some of the hotels have, and some hotels elsewhere will have a like a uh, owner's reception and the people that are staying there kind of get a glass of wine maybe. So take advantage of what's in your hotel. Finally, let's upscale and talk about the Florida Michelin Guide. So up until recently, the Michelin Guides would come out for cities, New York City, Las Vegas, New Orleans, those kinds of towns, Washington, D.C., uh, when they had a food scene. But it was up to the discretion of the Michelin uh, staff to decide which ones they were going to make the investments in and which cities they were going to publish a guide for. Recently, Florida and other states, including California and Colorado, are spending some of their marketing dollars on having Michelin publish a guide, paying Michelin to do it, uh, paying for all the, the food and those things just to build up the culinary scene um, in those cities. Um, Florida's guide has been out for a couple of years. Currently, it's only for Tampa, Orlando, and Miami. If, if you're a super foodie and want to have the best, definitely go eat in the Miami area. The restaurants down there are are unbelievable. I mean, Tampa and Orlando are great. Other areas of the state are great too. Naples, uh, other areas, but Miami just has a completely 
has a complete food scene that's just And they have more more restaurants with Michelin stars. Yes, by far. Uh, and that is a reflection of the culture and of the diverse culture of the international side of Miami. Plus it's just the it's a food scene. Um in every year they have instead of restaurant week, which a lot of cities have, Miami has what's called Miami Spice, which is a two-month two-month quote unquote restaurant week in August and September every year, which is the off season. So they want to bring people in. You can get three course meals. You can get a lunch or brunch for 30 or $35, 45 to $60 for dinner. And that includes Michelin starred restaurants. And it is confirmed for 2024 again. Uh, There is also a Forbes guide for Miami dining, which we'll put in the episode notes as well. There are great restaurants all over the state, including Jacksonville, St. Pete, Pensacola. The Panhandle isn't just fried seafood. Naples, Fort Myers, Palm Beaches, etc. Some of our favorite restaurants, Rusty Belly's Tarpon Springs, Joe's Stone Crab in Miami Beach, Kyle G's Seafood and Prime Steaks on Hutchinson Island near Fort Pierce, Angelina's in Pensacola, Sacred Pepper in Tampa, Columbia's, there are several, the Spanish restaurants with incredible Cuban sandwiches. Yeah, the main Columbia's is a block, a full small block in Ybor City. Great restaurant. We went there for our anniversary once. Mm-hmm. And it's Spanish food. And they specialize in tapas. And there are Columbia's around. There's one on uh, downtown Tampa. There's one in Orlando. There's one at the airport, which in Terminal B, which has a fantastic Cuban sandwich, by the way. I've the original um, Columbia's was started in like 1910. Yeah, we have somebody who gave us a, a picture um, a real estate they agent. They have we really good sangria. They have fantastic sangria. So if you're looking for something different, go to the, go to, if you're going to go to one, go to the Columbia's in Ybor. It's at the edge of Ybor City. Definitely a great place. And the tile work on the outside of the restaurant's worth seeing all by itself. It's really a, a cool spot. And one, one we can't go without mentioning is Burn, the famous Burns Steakhouse in Tampa, mm-hmm. which is a legendary place. When we first started telling people we're going to move to Tampa, Heather and I had multiple people tell us, you've got to go eat at Burns. We did one year for our anniversary. And Burns Steakhouse is just a classic steakhouse experience. Uh, they have an, It's a four-hour evening where you eat, you dine in this classic steakhouse environment, you get a tour of the kitchen, tour of the wine cellar, and then they have a dessert room with a bunch of little seating areas that look like Pullman train cars, and they have a long list of cocktails and desserts, and so it's a pretty incredible experience. If you go at the last minute, you won't be able to get a reservation. One of the tips you can do is if you go early enough, the doors open at five, you can go in the bar and sit down, get there before five and be the first person in line. I've done this once for work. Uh, and they will, you can sit at the bar. Uh, they will give you full service at the bar. You can still tour the kitchen, the wine room, all the dessert room, all that sort of thing. Then there's another place called Charlie's, which is completely different. There's one in Tampa and I think one in Orlando too, which is more of a Hawaiian Polynesian steakhouse place, but they have incredibly good charcoal ribeyes and a very good seafood tower that we bought once, not knowing how expensive it actually was, but it was was worth worth every penny. So those are some great spots. But uh, if you're talking about Tampa and restaurants, you're going to hear the name Burns uh, from a lot of people. So if you get a chance to go to Burns, definitely take advantage of it. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and we hope you've given, we've given you some good ideas about how you can enjoy eating on your next trip to Florida. Details will be in the episode description as always. Check us out on our YouTube channel, Florida Travel Fanatics, and feel free to contact us via Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or email at contact at floridatravelfanatics.com. You can also join our private Facebook group and a number of you have. And please consider joining our newsletter mailing list. We send out a monthly newsletter with content specifically in the newsletter and nowhere else just to make it interesting. And of course, all those links will be in the episode notes. Thanks for listening. Sunny days ahead.